David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. And welcome to another edition of Sports and Torts. Actually, welcome to the first edition of 2013. So, a, a slightly belated Happy New Year to everybody. This is our first show for 2013. And like our last show of 2012, David Spada is not in the studio, he's out busy working. So, that means I must be Elliot Harris. And so, I, everyone out there, I would like to thank you once again for tuning in and hopefully enjoying this show. For just a, a fraction of what David and I uh, enjoy it at. We have a great start to the new year. A couple of outstanding guests. but And down the road we have even some more outstanding guests. On today's show we have bowler Kelly Kulik and Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback Sonny Jurgensen. In future weeks we will have... A couple of Minnesota Viking greats, Paul Krause, Chris Dolman. Also down the road, we have the ever-elusive Lenny Moore, the former Baltimore Colt, not Indianapolis Colt, and he will make that very clear when we talk with him in a a week or two. And also uh, one of the great Detroit Lions, Lem Barney. But today, first up, we have... Kelly Kulik, who was recently in Chicago to bowl the target score for the Chicago Sun-Times Beat the Champions contest. It was her fourth time tying the most times bowling the target scores. Kelly is probably best known as being the first woman to win a national title on the Men's Professional Bowlers Association Tour. She did that in 2010. And so let's go right to Kelly Kulik. We go to great distances on Sports and Torts to find talent to come on the show. Today's guest, Kelly Kulik, world-famous bowler, has gone to even greater distance coming from Union, New Jersey, all the way to Rickton Park and Lakewood Bowl. And uh, you just finished bowling for the uh, Beat the Champs competition, your fourth time. Mm-hmm. And we won't say how you did, but you did very well. And you went against Pete Weber, and you guys got to talk back and forth, sort of not quite trash talking, but having a little fun. What was that like? I'm bowling against Pete, you know, uh, to, to bowl against him on the lane to be competitive and have to pay for a paycheck is more challenging. In this type of environment, it's it's very lacked, it's very relaxed. Um, it's just easy to bowl against somebody that you're friends with. And um, I think we had a lot of fun. We just played off each other. I was rooting for him to strike just as much as he was for me. And uh, as, as the frames went on and I struck and he got nine more often, it just proved that uh, my, my score just was higher in the end and it came up being the champs. But other women have to shoot now even for that score. But really, it's just it's such a relaxed environment, a lot of fun to bowl with them. Now, you're world famous for being the first woman to win a men's event. Mm-hmm. 
Can you go back to that moment when that happened and what it felt like? Sure. The first time uh, I had success on the men's tour was back in 2010 at the PBA Players Tournament of Championship. And um, it was the old format. We bowled 24 games qualifying, cut to top 24, bowled 24 games of round-robin match play. I qualified second for the show, which was an unbelievable endeavor in its own. And just worked my way up the ladder. I defeated Mika Kovinemi in the semifinal match. In the final match, I bowled against Chris Barnes and shot an impressive 265 against him to win the coveted title and be the first woman ever to win a professional bowler's title. And the reaction to that from the male bowlers was what? Uh, I think the men were they were in shock that you know a feat was such was accomplished. Um, I think they were no surprise that it was myself that did it, um, but. It, it also, you know, Chris took a lot of flack for it, I think just because of his own game and so forth, and he's handled it uh, as a gentleman, as a sportsmanship player. He really is his, has talked about it and, and put it behind him and just moved on. He's still by far the greatest player that's ever pulled so far. But uh, the men, I think, were a little shocked, you know? But it, again, it took the limelight away from them. Now, some sports you can see where a woman would not have much of a chance competing against a man. I look at bowling, and it's not necessarily who can throw the ball, you know, roll it the, the fastest. Mm-hmm. Is there a little more equality among the genders? Bowling is a sport that it doesn't matter what age, what skill, what level, what ability you are, what gender. Um, the pins are the same. The lane distance is the same. The bowling weights are the same. If you can throw a 16-pound, you can throw it. Missy Parkin throws 16 pounds, the highest weight you can throw. Um, so really the only advantage that the males have over females is their overall physical strength. You know, biological makeup, testosterone, they're able to throw the ball a little bit harder with a higher rev rate, and they use more velocity and more power to, to knock over the pins. Whereas women, we just have to be a little bit more accurate. We have to be clever, and we have to be stronger in our execution so that we don't miss a lot. And hopefully we uh, we get the shaker strikes or the nine count strikes than, uh, than what the men do. And you don't worry about bulking up, so you, you can throw it... Uh with greater velocity? I, I've tried to physically enhance my ability just to see if I can get an extra mile, mile and a half hour faster on the bowling ball. Uh, I, I'm stronger than I've ever been. I'm in better shape than I've ever been, and I still can't throw it any much harder. So there's a, there's a time period for, for youth bowlers to develop that, that quicker feet, quicker swing to get a little more ball speed, and I just never developed it. How did, how did you choose bowling as something you wanted to do with your life? I chose bowling. I mean, I knew at a young age it's something I really enjoyed, and I loved doing it. But when I was in high school, basketball really was my first passion. I, I played every day. I'd come over from school, find my best friend. We'd practice. We'd practice on the weekends. We'd find pickup games. We'd play against guys. But when I was graduating high school, getting ready to, they didn't have the WNBA. Granted, I was only five foot eight, a little short, a little slower than, than most women I could have competed in. So there really was no avenue for me to go down. And, and I knew I wanted to get my education, and bowling was the next best thing that I could actually go out and have a career after I completed my college degree. Okay. So you got a bowling scholarship? I received bowling academic grants. Each semester I would receive about $500 in academic grant. So that means you had to study too? I had to study. Oh, man, that's I no fun. I, I had to actually open up a book and read it from time to time. At what point did you say, you know, I can do this for a living? I, I think probably my senior year in high school, early on, just knowing that was the avenue I was going to go down. Um, and my mother always believed in me. She knew I, I had good determination, you know, a lot of a strong work ethic to really be good at anything I wanted to be good at. 
So um, she knew I wasn't going to get rich from it, but she knew I could actually make a living from it and be okay. And bowling has taken you around the world? Bowling has brought me to countries I never dreamed or imagined of going, but because I throw a bowling ball, it has brought me to those destinations. Abu Dhabi, I, I really wouldn't think about going just to visit as a tourist, but I've been there, I've been to South America, all over Europe, a lot of the Asian countries to compete, and it's really refreshing and eye-opening to see a lot of the other bowlers around the world, how good they are. You know, we think that we're, we're solely by ourselves, and, and we're not. There are a lot of great international competitors, and you can see that lately in the PBA Tour with the European bowlers coming over and, and Belmonte from Australia. So it's, it's eye-opening. Now, in Abu Dhabi, do they have uh, solid gold bowling balls? <laughs> Abu Dhabi has a lot of solid gold everything. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they had a solid gold toilet seat. So okay. I, bowling balls, or, no. Solid gold pins? Yeah, that no. would be harder to knock down, but maybe the toilet. What's been the uh, most unusual lanes, I guess, that you've found around the world? Uh, the most challenging lanes or unusual? Um, I mean, every lane bed is supposed to be the same, but bowling outside this past summer in Reno. I bowled I, I outside. Actually, that was my first time bowling outside, and the experience of how the lanes broke down and what we had to do to combat them, it was by far my, my hardest experience ever. And the difference between day and night? In the daytime, the sun was hotter, so the oil kind of boiled. At nighttime, the wind picked up and brought a lot of dirt and debris onto the lanes and the approaches. So it was challenging not only just to walk to the foul line, but to see what your ball reaction was doing. And it actually put it in a position as if you were bowling back in the 1930s or 40s on locker where there was no oil whatsoever. And you, you basically tried to carry on deflection alone rather than trying to hook the ball into the pocket. Yeah. Bowling is more than just, you know, standing up there and, and rolling it down the lane. There's 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 a lot to it, which is probably why I never got very good at it. Well, what's the most difficult part of the game? Um, you know, bowling is again, even though the fundamentals are taught, everybody is a snowflake. They're all they're all a little different in their approach and their arm swing and their back swing and their release. Probably the most difficult thing is is manipulating your hand release at the bottom of the swing and really knowing with all these bowling balls what they do, which one to go to from one to the other. I, I'd say that's probably the largest challenge because once, like any athlete, whether you're a tennis player or, or a basketball player shooting a foul shot repetitively over time, your body knows what to do to get from point A to point B from the, from the back of the approach to the foul line. At the end of it, it's just what your hand's going to do and really deciphering what the lane condition is and how to adapt to it. Speaking of adapting, you've appeared in ESPN, the magazine's body issue. Mm -hmm. I would assume that's a little unusual for you. Maybe not. I don't know. What what was that like? I appeared in ESPN, the magazine, and it was a a spread on athletes, completely nude, but in a position that resembles their their athletic position or finishing position or starting position. And, um, you know, I've seen the magazine before in the past. I knew of other women that have had posed for it. And it was an opportunity you just can't let go. You can't let go by. I mean, I, no one's ever going to ask me to do that again, except maybe with my boyfriend or somebody. <laughs> to to, to yeah. actually put it in black and white and print and for all of America to see and, and worldwide, it, just, it, it was a highlight of my career. 
and your family's reaction to that? My mother was a little nervous at first. She wanted, she wanted to see a previous issue, how it was going to be done tastefully. Um, and once she saw the final result, she was very, very impressed. She's like, wow, they really put her in a light that's, you know, remarks what she does as a bowler. And, um, you know, the fact that bowling got the respect and, and notoriety in that magazine. I mean, I was with Apollo Ono and race car drivers and Hope Solo. There's some great athletes that I was amongst in that, in that shoot. So I was honored. I truly okay. was. Well, I think their first choice was Marion Latawig. <laughs> no. I'm kidding. I'm there, were, there were definitely other few other ladies that were in better physique and better fitness level than I was at the time. I, I still would have liked to maybe have been photographed now. I think I'm a little bit more better in shape now than I was in the magazine, but I did the best I could. I had about three and a half months preparation, and um, you know I did what I did. You hit the gym on a regular basis. I'm in the gym four or five days a week at least, yes. How often are you practicing bowling? Um, I, I have yet to find a balance. I, I, I kind of took some time off when I recently just got home from Las Vegas. I, I needed a, a break. I really did. I was a little fry, a little frustrated still. So um, when I go home now, I'm going to at least try to get in three days a week. I was just trying to balance out my schedule, my life, my boyfriend, everything that's kind of, you know, it's a circle of life. It goes around. It's, it's just trying to fit everything in. And I'm one of those people now where I want to get everything in and not let anything slip away. But... Unfortunately, there has to be some sacrifices somewhere, so we have to rework the schedule. Now, rumor has it that you want to take your athletic ability onto the TV screen and show people your footwork on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I would absolutely love to, to be on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, will it happen? I never, I doubt it will. But I line dance, it's really a release, some a form of a physical exercise that I can go and be with friends, people that I really enjoy being around, and just have fun with. Now, if I was chosen for Dancing with the Stars, I, probably because of my you know, lack of popularity amongst probably some other celebrities, I don't know if I'd make it all the way to the final round, but I would give it my best effort. I think it would be a great experience, another challenge, something I could put in my resume and say, hey, it was brought to me, I tried it, I had success, whatever, and I learned from it, and it just, I always try to be a better person and it's not necessarily how I am on the lanes it's who I am off the lanes that defies who I am okay. you know it's Kelly who are you off the lanes off the lanes I'm an easygoing person I'm, I'm a individual who wants to be in the gym wants to surround herself with good people wants to be a family person and, and, and really just keep a lot of the family values that I've learned and raised to, in myself and, and bring them to other people I just I want to make people smile and laugh that's what I want Okay, well, I'll try and make somebody laugh. When you travel, uh, you bring your balls with you? When I travel, I'm usually very seldom do I get to go on a vacation or a trip where I don't have a bowling ball with me. Did you get to take those on the plane, or did you check them with... Uh the, the baggage folks or what? We have the baggage claim people they hate bowlers because I, I don't blame them. It's a, I still wish I picked up like badminton or golf or tennis, some other lighter sport that didn't involve carrying 45 pounds of equipment at each time. So it, it's it becomes challenging, especially with the airlines now and, and the economy and stuff. It's I you wish you ever lose a ball. Or? I have traveling to um, Norway. Somebody took one out of my bag, lost the ball there. What's that like? I would I would assume it's a very personal loss. It is. I mean, you know, you bring six, and they're probably six of your favorites. So when you lose one, it's it's again you just you know how to adapt. It's just it's out of your hands. Are you uh, 
constantly breaking in new balls? Always. There's always one that's coming out that's newer and better and greater. So I've used to save a lot of them. Now I try to get rid of them because there's always the next best thing coming. And it, it's they true. The older ones don't work as good as they used to, so there's a reason why they're making a new ones. Sure. For your old ball, should I look on eBay? Sure. I'm sure there's a few being sold. <laughs> now, the, the women's tour is basically non-existent. Exactly. Will it ever be resurrected? I highly doubt the women's tour will be resurrected. If it does, it won't be in my lifetime or maybe in my competitive time. We've, we've tried for years since it folded. I mean, it'll be almost 10 years now this next coming summer that it's been, that it's deceased, it's died, it's no longer with us. Bowling alliances have tried to been put together. You know, delegates, associations have tried to put something together for the women. There's just not enough interest for it. The men's tour is dying. How could there be a women's tour? If the men can't do it, I just can't see the women having any, any hope whatsoever. So if you're going to compete professionally, it has to be on the men's tour? How welcoming are they on a regular basis? You know, the men, it's a job. They go, they have their fun. At the end of the day, it's whoever's on top is going to be on top. There's the ones that are always there. The top ten that, that are going to have a good paycheck because they're on staff and they bowl really well. At the end of the day, they just they know what's in their bank account. It doesn't matter who they beat or who they bowl. So. You still working at the auto garage? I'm at that shop once or twice a week. Really, just office work. I mean, we're we're not as busy as we used to be. We're just kind of steady. So my job entails just maintaining the books, paying bills. Uh, I don't really do any body work anymore because I travel so much. But it keeps me grounded. My mom always says it keeps my head from getting bigger because I have something that I have to look forward to coming home to. My dad's very, very understanding. You know, I have a job that I, my, I'm basically my health benefits are being covered through the business, but I get to come and go as I please. He doesn't need anybody full-time, and I don't have to be there full-time. So there are times when I should be, but uh, we work it out together. Now, when you bowled for Beat the Champs, you were bowling for a charity out of New Jersey. Mm -hmm. Can you speak a little bit about that? The the charity was really just found out by mom in a newspaper. You know, uh, Red Cross and and other larger charities were taking donations for Hurricane Sandy or Tropical Storm Sandy, really, actually because of the insurance policies back in New Jersey. But Kingsburg, again, it was a place we locally went to every other Saturday in the summertime. Smaller type area, more friendlier towards younger kids. we go have dinner. My dad would have a hot dog or a slice of pizza, but we played like the arcade games. We played the, the wheel games where you got to win candy or, or bubble gum or even back then cigarettes were still being offered. <laughs> but I remember the french fries, the stand, the batting cages were there, the fast pitch was there. It, it's just, it was a place that I grew up and loved on the weekends and from the hurricane itself, so many people are struggling back in New Jersey and New York and even up and down the parts of the East Coast that the money will go towards I know somebody in need whether rebuilding food laundry services something simple as that now I have a plan for reviving at least the women's tour and we discussed it a little bit last night with uh, bikini bowling <laughs> sure we, 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 we could bring that about yes we could uh, we could bring about bikini bowling yeah I just as long as the men wear some type of speedo there has to be it has to be an equal yeah. equal I, opportunity. I, I may have to rethink that concept. Yeah. Uh, I, I would do it once. If you give me the show, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. If the camera is on ten pounds in a bikini, that might not be a good thing. Well there are a few women I know that could do it. Missy would be one of them, Shannon O'Keefe, Stephanie Nation. 
if they're up to challenge. But myself, I don't know. It's, it's a little borderline of me being in, in dental floss. Well, we, we might not go with the uh, string bikini. Yeah. So, so. I would think full brief, you know, neck top and, and maybe like yeah. a little cover-up skirt. That might be a possibility. Okay. I'll take that under advisement. Please do. And, and you can uh, be the, the president of the league and I can be the commissioner. And we'll all live happily ever after. Perfect. Anyway. Kelly Kulik, thank you very much for your time. Sure. And good luck in the future. Thank you. Well, thank you to Kelly Kulik. And after this break, we will have former Philadelphia Eagles, Washington Redskins quarterback, Sonny Jurgensen, the Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com. Mm-hmm. 